You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hey, hey, hey. What is up? (laughs) What's up, y'all? Welcome to episode 48 of the Heart and Soul Podcast. I was listening to one of our older episodes yesterday because I was writing a blog about what we're talking about and I wanted to include the link to the podcast mm-hmm. in the blog. Anyway, I haven't written it all yet, but you started it with, what's up guys? Oh, and I yeah. was like, oh man, I forgot when we used to start every single podcast that way. I did. What's up y'all? Why did I stop that? I don't know. Maybe we tried to, to change it up a little bit. Well, what's up y'all? Welcome to episode <laughs> 48 of the Heart and Soul podcast. I'm Catherine. <laughs> and I'm Chelsea. <laughs> Uh, it's just because we are we feel so much more comfortable now. Yeah. We don't need to fake it, you know. I do listen to other podcasts sometimes where they have a very structured introduction, and I'm always like, "Hmm, hmm. what would that be like? Yeah, I wonder what that's like." <laughs> yeah. Will we ever? I don't know. We'll see. Um, to be det- determined. Well, we have a freaking sorry, Cindy, bomb <laughs> episode today. We interviewed. Gold medalist Carly Patterson Caldwell. Um, no big deal. No big deal. She won the Olympic gold medal in 2004 for gymnastics. Um, and we talked about that, of course, but I really enjoyed our conversation with her because it felt like very raw. Yeah. Like she's been through a lot and um, she's a real and she's a real person, person. <laughs> outside of being this Olympian. Yeah. Um, and she has experienced almost more life after the Olympics than oh, yeah. anything she experienced during. So it was just cool to hear her story. Um, and I know y'all are going to love this interview. We talk about everything from how she got into the sport of gymnastics, what it was like winning gold to what it's like being a mom and, and going through infertility mm-hmm. and all sorts of things like that. So we think you're really going to enjoy all, yeah, all that we talked about with Carly today. It got real, it got raw. There were tears, there were laughs. It was just amazing. I think you're gonna love it. Actually, I know you're gonna love it, listeners. Yes. Um, so do you want to just like, yeah, just it? a couple more episodes left of the year. So we're excited to end out the year with our last guest, right? Yeah, this, this is our last guest of the year um, with Carly, and we think we're going out with a bang. Going out with a Olympic gold medal bang. Enjoy, guys. All right. All right. We have um, our very special guest, Carly Patterson Caldwell, um, with us today, actually via Zoom. This is our first ever online interview and not in person, so you've broken our online interview virginity. Welcome. All right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If you have been living under a rock and don't know who Carly Patterson is, she was an all-around champion and gold medalist at the 2004 Olympics. Is that right? Yeah. um, She won all-around champion for the U.S. um, in gymnastics. Um, She's also in the USA Gymnastics Hall of Fame. She, on top of that, which I think is her um, best profession is a wonderful mom and a wife um and is really involved and you can correct me if I'm wrong but with speaking across the country and encouraging women and so we thought and knew that you would be the perfect guest to interview on our podcast because this podcast is like truly all about encouraging women and um, we have this 
slogan of shameless living that we want to um, spread to the world of like, if you live in vulnerability and speak in truth, then more people will be encouraged um, and the world will be a better place. So thank you for being on our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Okay. So um, we have like a whole bunch of things to talk about with you. And just to kind of preface this, I know Carly, <laughs> but not re- like not really well. Like I, so my, one of my best friends from life is Carly's sister-in-law. And so like our families are connected, like yeah. after your wedding and my mom sold you a house. And yeah, like- wait, your mom's been our realtor and <laughs> we're friends with my in-laws. And so, yeah, we know each other through all these uh, crazy little avenues. <laughs> and like you were at my, or I was at like your baby shower and you were at my engagement party, I think. But like, I don't think we've ever sat down and had like one-on-one get to know you conversation. So I'm excited about well, this. we kind of have it. This will be our first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sweet. So we have a lot of questions for you. First is obviously you were a gold medalist for um, gymnastics. Um, how did you and when did you get into the gymnastics world? I started gymnastics just through my cousin, her, her birthday party when I was six years old. She had it at a gym and uh, I'd never stepped into a gymnastics place before. And so that was my first time. And it was just, you know, random Saturday birthday party for my cousin. And I just <laughs> ended up falling in love with it from you know that moment on. And uh, the coach actually came up to me and my mom and and dad uh, at that party and asked if I took gymnastics somewhere. I I taught myself like a back walkover in our in our backyard beforehand and um, somehow and so he thought I was a a gymnast somewhere and I guess saw some things. I don't know what he saw because I'm sure it was terrible. But um, he was like. Yeah, you need to get her into gymnastics. And, you know, my, my parents were both working full-time jobs and, um, you know, that was like not in their plans. Uh, but you know, three, four months of me begging for them to please put me in. Um, they finally did. And then it just kind of took off and went from there. Yeah. So like how, or like when in that process did you decide, like, I want to start training for the Olympics? Oh gosh. (laughs) From just like joining the neighborhood gym, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No, that was, um, that was a little while later, but I mean, it did all escalate quickly for sure. Um, once I got in and I just, I think I did really have a talent, uh, for gymnastics, but also that, that passion that day from that birthday party, I think is what also kind of got me and, uh, you know, gave me the gymnastics bug. And so that on top of, you know, having some talent on top of a lot of, you know, hard work, I think it just all ended up being a a great combination for, for my success. But, um, you know, I quickly, I, I guess I started just going, you know, once a, once a week and for like an hour or something, but it did, it did just start, progressing and picking up and all of a sudden I was going you know three times a week and then every day and then twice a day and then you know all day every day Saturday and then you know Sunday would be my day at home but it's weird because that's that's what I wanted to do that's always what I wanted to do I loved being in the gym like you just couldn't drag me out of there and so um it's weird because you would think as a little girl that, you know, that would just be too much or, um, 
you know, I'd get burnt out, but I was, I just loved it. It's just where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. And so I guess after a few years, um, I guess I was six when I started. So I don't know, I'd say probably started setting my sights on the Olympics around, you know, 10, 11, but, um, 12 years old was when I really like sat down committed to that because I was watching on the 2000 Sydney Olympics in my living room at that point. I was 12 years old and I knew I was going to be, you know, the perfect age for that 2004 Olympics in four years. And that was kind of my first real like, uh, recollection of like watching the Olympics. I was still a little bit young for watching 96 Olympics. So that wasn't, you know, that wasn't as all. That's as of a deal for me, but, but yeah, 2000, 2000 being 12 years old, that's when I was like, okay, I want to be there in four years. That's crazy. Cause at like 16 years old, you won the Olympics. like at 16 yeah. years old, I was just trying to get a boyfriend. Like, <laughs> the to that too is wild to think about. Like I did gymnastics for a few years when I was little, little, like probably four through maybe seven or eight. And I remember one time my mom took me to gymnastics and I freaked out because my normal coach wasn't there and I like got so scared and left and like never went back just like (laughs) wow okay little things like that when you're a kid they really affect you if you're not comfortable in what you're doing or who you are so that's so crazy that from you're like hey let me do this everything yeah for sure I I don't know. Yeah, it all worked out <laughs> somehow. So when you started like training, did you have to like do homeschool? Like, cause it's like a full-time job. Yeah. I, when I was uh, first starting out, I was still going to, I think like first kindergarten, first grade around uh, that. And then I guess after for like second grade, I remember my mom homeschooling me for about a year and uh, my school life is all over the board. I've literally done it all. Um, then we ended up getting a teacher at the gym. So in between our workouts on our like rest time and all that, we would do, um, our school and, you know, our whole curriculum. And then, uh, same thing, uh, basically did that for quite a few years. My dad's job transfer our family to Houston when I was about, um, 10, 11. And we were there for a year had a teacher at the gym. So same thing in between workouts. That's when we did our school with her and then, um, moved to Dallas a year later for my dad's job. And, um, what was I doing then? Uh, (laughs) we did, I did do public school for a little bit, like a little bit of seventh, eighth and ninth grade. And then that got to be just too difficult for me to keep up, uh, with all of my gym and all of the traveling for like international competitions and, and competitions I was doing. So that was too much. Ended up um, starting at this little private school that was actually down the road. It started as like a tutoring service for um, for athletes and then just kind of turned into a full-blown credited high school. And that's where most of the girls from our gym went. So we would, you know, finish our morning practice drive down the street and go and do school for three and a half hours and then go back to the gym and do our second workout. So that was, that was kind of my school life in a nutshell. 
That's nuts. That like takes yeah. discipline as a child to be like, I'm going to school and then I'm going to work out and then I'm going to school and then I'm going to work out again. And then, you know, it's like, very, I mean, yes, very, very regimented. So I think uh, that was one of those hard things that like transitioning after gymnastics and after sport was like, uh, what do I do with my life? It's not like planned out minute by minute anymore, basically, you know, and I, I think I had a hard time with that. Yeah. So one of the things that we touch on a lot on this podcast is uh, body image issues. I have struggled with an eating disorder in the past. And um, actually recently, you know, what's crazy is when I was at your wedding, you probably don't remember because you were, you're like getting married and everything, but I was, <laughs> I was like the skinniest I'd ever been in the pit of my eating disorder. And it's crazy because I remember your, I remember Patricia, your mother-in-law, like kind of being like, you Okay. And so, and that was the first like public event I was at where people were like, you don't look well. And, um, but anyways, that's what we talk about a lot on this, on this podcast, because when I started coming out about like, this is something that I struggle with, I found that every single woman was like, oh, same, like me too, girl. Like I hate the way I look. I hate looking in the mirror. I overthink this. So I would imagine, and maybe I'm wrong, but training for an Olympic sport would be a lot of pressure on a 16 year old body image wise. <laughs> what was that like for you? Yeah. Well, and especially as, as gymnasts, you're wearing a leotard every day. So yeah. it's very easy to, you know, see if you put on a little bit of weight or you look cool. Your stomach looks a little bit bigger that day. Um, you might've had, you know, it might've been Thanksgiving the week before, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was one of those things where, um, you know, I learned really quickly kind of how to manage um, my eating and what I needed to do for myself because everyone's body's different and, and reacts to certain things differently. And, you know, maybe my teammate, you know, could eat a little more than I could or like eat, eat, like maybe treat herself more than I could or vice versa, something like that. So, um, and in gymnastics, it's kind of one of those things where you feel it like the minute you gain a pound, you know, you're just not flying as high, you're not as quick, you feel more sluggish. And then you can feel immediately kind of when you're at that perfect weight that works for you and your gymnastics and things are feeling lighter and, and easier. And it's like, okay, this is where I want to try and be and try and keep myself. So for me, it was, um, one of those things where I just kind of learned how to, how to eat and, and do what I needed to do for my body. So that way I was able to, you know, stay in shape and, and not hurt myself and not, you know, kind of, it, it's hard because when you're growing up and you're starting to hit your teens and your body's, you know, maybe like trying to change a little bit, it's, it can be a little bit hard to manage. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that it took time, but just figuring out what worked for me. And then my coach was always, um, you know, he was helpful at just kind of letting us know like some good choices, you know, and it was all, all about, you know, proteins and vegetables and, and healthy stuff, obviously. Um, and my mom was always really supportive at home and like helping cook healthy meals for me and things that were going to, you know, fuel me the best and, and help me in my gymnastics career and stuff. But, um, you know, there, there are definitely times like at, you know, teammates' birthday parties or like holidays or something like that where 
yeah, I would, I would treat myself <laughs> for sure. Do you feel like you almost had an, an advantage then being in training as an Olympic athlete than to actually at that younger age learn that diet and exercise is more about fueling your body for your performance more so than the way that you're looking like according to your peers standards? Yeah. Yeah. I think a little bit of that, you know, and a little bit of both because you're, you're always kind of like looking at yourself in the mirror, you know, we're, we're girls, we're women, you're, and you're just kind of like, Oh, like I'm not really feeling this today. (laughs) Or like, I'm, you know, feeling a little, a little heavier, whatever. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely kind of that, that balance of trying to remember. And I think for me now, um, is a lot harder actually, because I've had kids and I, you know, I don't have much time right now to work out. I do like 20 minute workouts when I can get them in when like the kids are napping or at least one of them's napping. And so, um, for me too, right now, like it's just, it's been a lot of in the last three years going through fertility treatment and not being able to work out because of that. Um, you know, having being pregnant twice in like 16 months and, um, you know, postpartum and breastfeeding and all this stuff. Like I'm just now like stopping the the breastfeeding and I'm like, just hoping that I can like start feeling normal again, you know, like body wise, um, just uh, physically, emotionally, just everything to like settle back into its place so I can feel like Carly again for a little bit <laughs> before we try and do it again. Um, but you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's harder for me now. And I think the transition after being done with gymnastics was what was really difficult because, um, I was, you know, after winning the Olympics, I was traveling the world, had tons of opportunities, was going here, there, yonder. And I wasn't in the gym training seven hours every single day and like almost 40 hours a week. I was, I was traveling and I was eating what I could and trying to still eat healthy. But at the same time, I was treating myself a lot more because I just won the Olympics. Like I was, yeah, I deserve it. Right. Yeah. And so, um, I think on top of that, um, not training. And then it was like, my body was like, Whoa, Whoa, like what is happening? You know, you're not trying, like I flipped, flipped it upside down, you know, from what it was used to. And like I said, just also, you know, I think your body trying to start puberty and all those things. Like I gained a lot of weight and I think a lot of us, ex gymnasts do, um, kind of when you're in that situation. Cause like I said, you're, you're just turning your whole routine upside down and your body's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. And it starts freaking out. And so for a while it took me a long time to figure out like how to like get back to normal. And, um, for me, there was a lot of like body shaming and, um, you know, just like the internet trolls and people like that, that are just constantly commenting on how fat you are and how much weight you've gained and, um, just being really, really mean and really negative. And so as a 16 year old girl and, you know, 16, 17, 18, it's like those, those years where I was really in the spotlight after and going like my body going through all these changes in front of people. It was, uh, it was hard, you know, and you're just constantly like critiquing yourself and looking at yourself after reading this or hearing this. And you're like, oh my God, you know, like that's kind of something you would have never 
thought to think about, but when people put those types of things in your head and then you start thinking about it and then you start seeing yourself in pictures and you're in a magazine or this or that and or an interview and you're just like, Oh my God, I look horrible. And you know, this person's at this and it's, it's yeah, it's hard. I mean, I can't imagine because I feel pressure on social media and I am not a presence on social media. Like I, you have thousands and thousands of followers. And when you, when you got in, I guess when you finished the Olympics, that's like when Facebook was like starting kind of, I remember yes. like we're the same age. So like I got yes. a Facebook at like 17. Um, yes. So I'm sure like, good thing there was no social media yet. Like for a little bit after that, because I, I don't know how these people handle it these days. But Shoot. even now it's like when you do get on social media a couple years after you leave the Olympics, like obviously you're going to look different one you're not 16 anymore and right <laughs> training for the olympics so i can't imagine like oh that would just make me so angry reading like those trolley messages oh like yeah no it was hard it was hard my mom would always be like carly you've got to just not you know listen to that or you've got to not look at that or blah 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 but you're like well but i saw it and <laughs> and this is what people are people are, people are saying and uh and yeah and then it was hard to not to not keep thinking that and, you know, hearing that in my head over and over again. And I was like, man. Yeah. That's a lot. It's so, <laughs> to it. it's so like mind baffling to me that people even feel the need to, to leave those types of comments. And a lot of times I think maybe they're, they just think that, Oh, it's a celebrity or this famous person. They're never going to read this, but it's a real person, a real person behind yeah. all these accounts. And it really affects people. And, Right. And as good as social media can be for certain things, it can also be such a, such a harsh place too, mm -hmm. uh, where, yeah, people are just, you know, hiding behind their screens and feel like they can say anything to anyone and it's, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna affect them. And it's like, no, no, yeah, that affects anyone and everyone, you know, that would read things that are mean. And it's really true that that saying, and as much as we shouldn't focus on, you know, anything negative someone says, but that saying that's like, you know, you could get a hundred compliments, but all you're going to focus on is the one, yeah. you know, and that's just kind of how our brains sometimes I think just get caught up in that instead of being like, you know what, we, these hundred people think I look great or said I did great or blah, 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 but you're going to focus on the one negative thing, you know, and it's yeah, just, exactly. it's hard not to, we're human. human exactly. Okay. Well, I have so many questions to ask about like, your life and meeting Mark and your infertility and getting pregnant and all that. But before that, I just want to know, what did it feel like winning gold? <laughs> like, were you just like, is this real life? <laughs> like, that's so nuts. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, um, it was very, very surreal. And I think I was, I was just 16. Like I just had no clue. I didn't see anyone do it before me. Yeah. Um, so I had no clue what to expect and um, I just thought I was doing what I loved and achieved my goal. And um, yeah, I remember, just remember standing up there and being like, wow, you know, <laughs> did I just do this? What, like what just happened? <laughs> you know? um, and it's just, and I've said this a lot, but it's something I just appreciate more and more as I get older. And it's not something that like really ever gets talked about in our household or in our families. And like, I love that my 
my parents and, and families like have never, like they've just always treated me as like normal Carly, like before the Olympics, after the Olympics, teased me that like whatever. It's just, um, and I think that it's, it's funny cause I'll forget like that I won the Olympics, you know, until I do like an interview or something. I'm like, Oh yeah, like I did that. <laughs> Plus it just seems like so long ago now too. I'm like 15 years ago. Um, you know, and I was just a baby and that was just such a, a big part of my life. But at the same time, like there's, there's been more time out of the gym at this point than, than I was, you know, in the gym. So it's just like, I've had so much life after that as well now that it's just, it's something that's really amazing, um, that I did. And I'm, you know, so proud and, and one of the greatest accomplishments, but, um, yeah, there's just so much life after gymnastics too, you know, and totally. It's great kind of actually pretty amazing that you won it at such a young age because it's kind of like the naivety of it all. Is that how you say that word? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Like childlike faith, you know, like you read in the Bible and it's like, you have this childlike faith and that means that like, you can just like grasp God's love on such like a sweeter, naive level. That's kind of like what I would imagine it would feel like as a teenager winning the Olympics. You're like, I just love gymnastics. And this is right. Right. Instead of, I feel like I need to like accomplish and do this to be this. You were just like very pure in it. Right. Yeah. That's a good way to, good way to describe it there. Okay. So after you, you know, win the Olympics and all that gold medal stuff. Um, you go on and you, you became a singer, right? Yeah. For a little bit there. (laughs) I noticed the trouble class on your. Oh yeah. 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 Still sing? In the car to my kids. Um, but no, that's, that's it. I haven't sang for a, a long time either. And I kind of started doing that like pretty soon after the Olympics. And it was just kind of like one of those times where I thought, well, you know, I've won Olympic gold medal, like let's go after a Grammy, you know, cause how hard can that be? And, <laughs> and it was like, uh, what are you thinking, Carly? Um, you know, but it was one of those things, like, it's always been a passion and I love music. Yeah, I love singing, but like, yeah. And I, and I pursued it for about five years and I recorded a lot and wrote songs with people and, you know, made like a whole CD and, and everything. But, um, ultimately ended up realizing kind of at the end of those five years that it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this. But, yeah. um, at the same time, it was like, I was scared to say no and, and to not quit, but to like, just stop with it because I thought like, Oh my God, everyone, you know, the pressure here comes the pressure back in for, for everything. And it's like, Oh, I thought everyone was going to say that I was a quitter. And you know, all the negative comments I got about starting singing was like, Oh Lord. Um, it was, you know, I just needed to stick to gymnastics and what I was good at. And, and people just thought because I won the Olympics, now I was just like trying to be a singer. And, you know, so once again, you get all those trolley comments and, and then you're like, well, I'm going to prove you wrong, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, be the next Taylor Swift. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, clearly that didn't happen, but, it, but I finally came to that like peaceful moment of being okay with like letting go, not winning a Grammy or yeah. getting a number one hit single. Like, that didn't matter. It was like, I still, I still want to take back, um, you know, doing that. I've learned a lot and, it, and I had a lot of fun and it was 
a cool new experience and career, but, um, just, yeah, ultimately realized like it was okay that that wasn't for me. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to be normal <laughs> for once. <laughs> I like imagine though, like when your kids, as they grow up, they're going to like really admire that they have a mom who's like a dream chaser, even if like, <laughs> even if it's not like a forever thing, like just the fact that you are like, pursue what you're passionate about. And if it works great, if it doesn't do something else, you know, like that's like a really cool <laughs> pressureless thing as like a child to be raised in. Like I can just chase my dreams, you know? Like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hope, I hope so. Um, yeah. Okay. So kids, I'm like, no, no, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. No. Stay with me. So, props to my mom for, you know, letting me go and, and do and chase because right now that seems like impossible to wrap my head around, like letting my kids go and, mm-hmm. and you know, driving or anything like that. Luckily I've got a ways, but <laughs> we got plenty of time. Um, speaking of your kids, they're so precious. Um, Thank you. And I always like, we'll see your pictures up on Facebook and I, or Instagram and I'm like commenting like these little cuties. But every kid is, is a miracle, but I think especially for you and the journey you've had, like they feel probably like such beautiful miracles in your life. So let's start from the beginning. How did you meet Mark? I already already know this answer, but I want everyone else. Yeah, yeah. And then love and all that. (laughs) We met at a mutual friend's wedding and, um, yeah, my mom kind of like dragged me to it a little bit. Um, and now she's actually one of my really good friends. But um, at the time she had, you know, I just kind of known her through um, like she would babysit my little sister a lot when, um, when my mom and I would have to leave for like an appearance or something. And then um, she would help dress me. And, but um, she, um, she worked for a boutique. She would help dress me and get me clothes, not like help dress me. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds weird. Uh, <laughs> So anyways, um, my mom was like, all of my girl, good girlfriends I trained with, they were off at at college and, you know, on like these full ride scholarships. And, um, I just kind of didn't really have anyone at that point in my life. And she was like, you need to go out, meet people like, come on, we'll come with you. And I was like, okay, okay. And, um, yeah, then Mark and I kind of, you know, locked eyes over the mashed potato bar basically um <laughs> so and uh the rest is kind of history uh no he really did come up to me uh or come up behind me in the buffet line <laughs> next to the mashed potatoes <laughs> and um yeah we just kind of like started chit-chatting and then basically like talked to the rest of the evening and talked every day ever since he left he was working in DC at the time and he left uh the very next day and we I don't even know like if we ever ended up like calling it like boyfriend and girlfriend it was just we talked every day and then it just like became like what it was and um then finally it was like okay after doing long distance for like close to a year um it was like okay I gotta get back home so we can figure this out so um, yeah. And then dated a few years and then got married and then, uh, we traveled a lot. Um, 
and just did a lot of cool things. And then, yeah, then we kind of decided, you know what, Hey, let's, I think we're ready to start a family. Like we built a house and, um, got a dog and we were like, yeah, let's start a family. And I think like a lot of people think, you know, you start trying to like that first month, it's going to happen. Like, bam, like just watch out guys. I'm going to show up pregnant next month. Um, and then that didn't happen. And then it was like months and then months and months. And it was like, okay. Um, well, this is, this isn't how this is supposed to work. Right. So after a year, uh, went and like, just check with my doctor. I was like, okay, let's just see what's, you know, going on, do some tests. And, um, then I found out I had like PCOS, the polycystic ovarian syndrome, which is very common that I, I learned. I learned a lot in these last three years of just all kinds of things fertility wise. But, um, and so anyway, just, you know, lots of symptoms with that. But, um, so then we decided we were going to go see a fertility doctor and start, start, uh, you know, doing some little stuff there and seeing what can work. And we did our first, um, first round of treatment. I did like three months of Clomid, nothing happened. Um, and then I did our, like our first round of like a little, like, I don't know, like a cycle of something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we got pregnant. And so we were like, okay, cool. Like that happened pretty quick. That was just like the first month working with the fertility doctor. And so we were like all excited. And, um, and then we went in to get our first sonogram and I'm like telling Mark to get our, uh, or to get his camera ready for the video and like the heartbeat and all that. And then, you know, screen comes up and there's no baby, no heartbeat. The baby had stopped growing. And, um, so then we learned that that pregnancy was not going to work out obviously. And, um, so that was, you know, one of the most difficult days, I think, for the both of us in our whole life. And you go back home and, you know, we were just kind of staring at each other <laughs> like, well, what what now? Because we were on like such this high after so long of trying. And then, um, you know, to kind of have all that like ripped away and taken away from you in an instant was like, oh, gosh. Um, so then we went in and I had to do um, a couple DNCs because didn't all come out on the first time. And, uh, this just kind of became a couple months of like not even being able to do anything about trying or, you know, starting new fertility treatments. So once we were able to start trying again, uh, we went a little more aggressive the next couple months. And so we were doing, um, we did like three IUI cycles and, uh, uh, one of the, one of the times we couldn't even do, do anything because like I had cysts growing that were not like, you can't do a cycle if you've got these cysts from the past cycle that were still kind of growing. Um, so then I had to like sit out and then would restart and sit out and it was like, Oh gosh, it was just like such a crazy and emotional roller coaster. And then, you know, you're pumping yourself with shots and hormones and medication. That's just like, completely throwing your you off like mentally emotionally physically like I said I couldn't even like work out for my own health and like mental health basically um so I remember sitting out at Christmas and just being like super super bummed um that you know it's just it had taken this long (laughs) sorry I'll be sorry it's it's crazy because like I've got these beautiful kids now and, but you know, talk, um, talking about it is still hard. Yeah. 
Um, they're still like grieving. You're like still mourning that time, you know? Yeah. It's all, um, it's all really fresh still, I guess, because everything has gone so fast and, you know, we just went from miscarriage and baby and next baby. And like, it's just been a lot in like three years. But, um, so anyways, um, you know, I just remember being in like a really bad spot, like emotionally, mentally, physically, just so unhappy with like everything. And, um, and I just, you know, was kind of like asking God, like, why me, you know, and kind of like praying all wrong about it. And, uh, you know, being very probably selfish in in my praying and, you know, just like, haven't I been through enough already? Like when, you know, when can we make this happen? And I remember my mom um, just saying, you know, Carly, you're, you're like in a really negative place. Like you're, you're in a dark spot. Like how, how do you expect God to bless you if, you know, you're, you're being so negative about it. Like how's like a little bundle of joy. How's a baby supposed to grow from that negativity? Right. And I was like, man, well, and kind of just like punched me, you know, in the gut there, like you're totally right. And, um, she was like, why don't you start waking up every single day and just being grateful for everything you have, like the roof over your head, your husband, your house jobs, like, just family, your friends, like, and it was so true because I, we had it all. The only thing we didn't have was a baby, you know, that we wanted so terribly, but, um, but it was, it was so true. And I just remember that being like such a turning point for me mentally because, you know, I was just like, I'm just, I'm going to give it up for good. I'm going to stop trying to control this situation and whatever, you know, God's plan is going to be is that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be better than mine, whatever it is. Right. So, um, that was, yeah, a big, a big turning point where I was like, all right, I'm going to wake up grateful and, and start thanking God for everything I do have. And if he never wants, you know, not if he never wants to, but if I never have a baby, then I still have all these other amazing things, you know, to be thankful for. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> where am I going here? It's a really long story, girl. <laughs> so I love then, it. I'm like enthralled. <laughs> um, so then, you know, we get through the holiday season and, uh, it's January and we're able to start, you know, our third round of IUI and, uh, and we get pregnant. So, you know, and then we we're a little bit timid to get too excited yet. You know, I was really nervous about that first sonogram visit. I like, we pulled up and yeah, I didn't want to go in. I was like, I'm, I'm going to stay right here and keep thinking I'm pregnant. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so we went in, you know, baby strong heartbeat and looked good and just got, you know, good reports. And, um, and then that was, ended up being Graham. So oh, he just made two in October and, um, yeah. So that was just Mark, like, he grows up like, at first, I didn't think he looked like Mark until like now. Like, really? <laughs> Most people think he looks 
like they always say he's Mark's mini me. And like, I, I definitely see it for sure. I don't think they look like twins, but, and then a lot of people have said that she looks Emmeline, my, our girl, that she looks like me, but, um, she does. Uh, I think it's easier for other people to, to tell you who your kids look like versus you. I just showed Chelsea pictures. Yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah. a lot of like, and then Emmeline, it's so cute. That bow picture you posted <laughs> recently. Like, Oh my gosh, I love that name too. I do love that name. Uh, thank you. So how, yes. um, how did your first pregnancy go? Was it like, were you constantly kind of on edge or did you feel like a release, like after giving it up to God, like this is going to happen if it's going to happen? Or was it a little bit of both? <laughs> it was a little bit of both, uh, <laughs> for sure. Because, um, you know, I, I, I was on edge, like no matter what, like, I mean, I... I prayed every single day and I'm just like, please Lord, keep my baby safe. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely both just, just from what we had been through, it was really hard to not be scared, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I was, but at the same time, like the, the further along I got, the more, you know, more peace there was. And, um, but then, we uh, decided we were going to start trying at, six, at when Graham was six months because we were uh, not sure how long it would take to, you know, get pregnant with another one or if we were going to have the same trouble and issues. And um, and so we were like not thinking it was going to happen, you know, right away. Are we going to go back into fertility treatment? Like, boom, the first month. And we're like, what? Like, <laughs> I just remember looking at my little baby Graham on the floor and like looking at a pregnancy test, like, wait, this is not possible. I looking at my little baby right here, but another one that I was like, Oh, it's like one of those asking you shall receive. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. You know what? God's plans are, they're crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just the coolest thing to be on, kind of to be on that opposite end of the spectrum where like we couldn't get pregnant and then to also be the people that like, boom, it happens mm -hmm. the first try, you know, I always was a little bit jealous of those people, um, before, <laughs> you know, so now I feel like, you know, like both ways have happened with us and it's just, it's crazy. So I, I look at them as both our two little miracle babies because I just would have never thought that that would happen. I thought, you know, for sure going to have to go back and, fertility treatment. So many people told me that, Oh gosh, they got pregnant so quickly after the first and they had tons of trouble. And I'm like, yeah, that's not going to be us though. And then it was. And so it was just crazy. So I look at like, you know, what, what God can do, right. Mm -hmm. Is what that showed me and what was really, really neat about kind of our situation. So that's amazing. I love that story. I mean, I, I don't love that you had to go through that pain, but I think the fact that you can kind of see both sides now creates like an empathy for others where like, Oh, for sure. Women probably feel like way less alone, you know, like, Oh, like this yeah. to other people too, you know, it can happen to me. Um, right. Well, and I just didn't know how common it all was like, right. it was so common for people to struggle and have miscarriages and have trouble getting pregnant. And like, I just did not know until I was in it and living it. And, um, and yeah, gosh, I've got so much empathy for, for people going through it now because I wouldn't wish any of that on my worst enemy. It's just like, it's so hard and so painful. And, 
and just so trying on just everything, um, in your life. So to, uh, yeah, to kind of like get through that and to be able to share my story and help, um, any, anyone else that is going through that and give them hope is, is awesome. And I wouldn't change our journey. I, I wouldn't change anything. And I've said this over and over that I'll go through it all again and do our exact same story because it strengthened, it strengthened our marriage. It strengthened, I think us individually, it strengthened our relationship with God. Like it just did so many wonderful things through a really challenging like struggle of a time um, that, you know, you cannot, you can't grow and you get, can't get past these certain points that you're at in life. If you don't have those struggles that push you beyond your limits and push you to places you didn't know you could go and, and then get past and kind of become better on the other side of things. Like, and I think that's really important lesson too, that like you can stay in your situation and, you know, continue to be bitter or, you know, like, and I could, you know, have had Graham and like still just be so bitter about what we went through and like still be like, I can't believe that we had to go through that. But like to, to be able to use it for good and to be able to, if we've gotten, gotten past it and made myself better, a better person for all of it. Like that's where, that's when you grow and that's when God grows you. And so that was just, yeah, really, really, really cool for me. And like I said, I, just, I wouldn't change it because it was, it was the way it was supposed to happen. Yeah. What I have like noticed just from following you is like, it's really cool to watch like your faith journey along with this. Cause you're very like vulnerable about it. And when you were sharing your story, I just kept thinking about like how, like so many times in scripture, like people hit like rock bottom before they like rely on God and yeah. like he, his strength is, is magnified in our weaknesses. And I think that your story, or I know that your story is like such a perfect testimony towards that scripture of like, yeah, made strong when I am weak and like, we need him in those moments more than ever, you know? Right. For sure. For sure. And it's to, to like a reminder to, to go to him in all things, not just yeah when you're struggling and, you know, to be, to praise him in the good and the bad, to pray to him and, and, you know, just through all circumstances, you know, really just always lean on him because it's so easy to get, you know, caught up in like living your life. And when things are going right and you forget to thank him or you forget to like, just have conversations with him, you know? Um, and it's just easy to, to just go to him then when like things start getting bad or you get into a situation or whatever and you're like, Oh God, you know, but it's, it's a constant reminder to, to stay faithful and to, um, or it's a constant, um, practice to yeah. stay faithful and to keep your relationship strong and going with him. So we actually had a whole episode on this topic with a friend who went through a similar journey with you. And she had talked about how, like postpartum dealt with a lot of struggle and like guilt for when she was struggling because she prayed for a baby for so long. And when things get tough as mom life, it was really hard for her to, I guess, be okay with not being okay. So mm. did you experience that at all? And if so, what advice would you give for women who might be dealing with that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, I probably experience that every day. Um, <laughs> because yeah, there are some days that I just want to, you know, rip my hair out. And there, there are days that go absolutely perfectly. And like yesterday, for example, is just one of those days we were like, just playing like the kids are both in great moods. And, you know, there was just no tantrums, no meltdowns, and just everything worked, you know, and so it's normally like, if I have a day like that, I know tomorrow is not going to be like that day. <laughs> I know that means tomorrow all hell's going to break loose. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's like, you know, I, I try to remind myself that like motherhood is just, it's this all encompassing journey of like beautiful and ugly and difficult and, you know, easy. Like it's just, it's just so many things in one. And, um, and yeah, it's hard because I thought that, and especially with Emmeline, um, her first five months, she had terrible colic and would cry for hours and hours and hours at night for like literally like five hours straight. And I didn't think I was going to like survive it. Like if I didn't have my mom and like Mark's parents, like coming over and, and helping and like all just passing around the baby until like, I, I mean, I, I don't know like it would have been really bad. Like I was starting to lose my sanity. Mm -hmm. And, um, and now I look at her and I'm like, Oh my, like she is a totally different baby. Like so happy, smiley, like has this crazy personality. And it's just like, you know, but at the time I was like, I, I want to take her back. Like she needs to get, she needs to get rewired. I need to refund. Like, you know, like something, something went wrong, really, really wrong. <laughs> and, um, and you know, it's okay to feel that. And, and yeah, it's hard. It's like such a, like, uh, you know, a struggle to, to think those thoughts, but it's, it's hard. And like, it's just so nice that like motherhood is kind of talked about in those ways. Like, I don't know. I just love all the little memes on Instagram that are, that just keep it real on motherhood because I'm like, that is me. That is me. That is, me. <laughs> you know, and it's just not like shameful to be like, this is hard. This is the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, I'm exhausted. I have no me time. I have no time to work out. No, like, you know, I've, before I was doing this podcast and like the kids are in their preschool, I was like, just getting a million things done just before I go to pick them up because yeah. the time passes so quick. And it's just, it's so easy to kind of, um, to get lost and, and then kind of go into a spiral of like, I have no, I have nothing for me anymore. Like lose your identity. But, um, you know, everyone kind of around me, like I've got a great, great community around me, friends, family, like you got to have, you got to have that or else like, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't survive it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have a good, you gotta have those good people around you that you can turn to for sure. Cause it's not easy and it, and it seriously does take a village to, to raise your family. Um, especially with my husband traveling every week, it's like, I can't do it all by myself. I can't. And I'll admit it, you know, <laughs> admit it. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I know that I will take all the help. <laughs> I know that you do have to pick up the kids in like nine minutes, so I don't want to keep you <laughs> over. Um, but we do have four questions that we ask every single guest, um, and we want to ask you today before we sign off. All so, right. 
Um, what is something that you are currently obsessed with or binging right now? Uh, gosh, I don't have time to binge anything, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm like always like, you're obsessed with or like a book or, um, I just went through, um, this Bible study called rooted at my church. And that was awesome. It was 10 weeks. Like that was the first time I like got through a book in a long, long I, I don't know, in a long, long time. Yeah. And I felt very good about just getting through a book, but then it was just like this amazing, um, experience in general. So that was awesome. But I mean, like my guilty pleasure when it's on and like, I will, I will make time for the bachelor stuff. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> when the bachelor's on, we do like recaps at the beginning of every episode and we're like, I want oh, to nice, nice. fast forward while we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. I'm always a little bit nervous to admit, uh, admit that, but yeah, all the Bachelor franchises, like, I just can't. I watched it from season one, like, mm -hmm. and that was a long time ago, and I just can't not, so. Yeah, we were, like, in middle school. Yeah. And then Pilot Pete season looks great. Did you see the promo? Yeah, very excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Lots, lots of turbulence, as they're calling it, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> love it. Um, second question is, we've been doing it about this year but since we only have um, a couple month, weeks left yeah, a few weeks left of this year we'll just ask what is something that you're looking forward to next year in 2020 gosh uh i am just looking forward to hopefully just like with the kids getting a little bit older life kind of like getting a little bit more like uh, a little, yeah, a little more taint, like without like the baby phase, you know, and like just all the craziness, like, um, I'm looking for, yeah, forward to just like a little more settledness and although it'll probably be very crazy in other ways. So whatever, that's just a stupid one. Um, <laughs> looking forward to doing hopefully some more things for myself, um, and having a little more time for that, like mm -hmm. speaking, um, you know, I do public speaking. And so it's just like, I really hope to get to do that more next year and just kind of have some more opportunities with that. I saw you've been doing a lot of like women's conferences. That's so cool. Yeah. I've gotten to do a few, um, recently and, uh, yeah, it's, it's really neat. So I hope I get to do more. Okay. Well, what is something that you love about yourself? Hmm. Gosh, I don't know. <laughs> It's the toughest question for people to answer. Yeah, I'm like, do you need to like acknowledge your goodness? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I can tell you all the things I don't like about myself, like that. But gosh, <laughs> maybe I need to think of something. <laughs> think of this more often. Think of something I love about myself. Um, y'all, I'm struggling here. <laughs> I love that. Um, that my my body has been able to carry two healthy, amazing babies and um and also, you know, breastfeed them for, you know, months after. Like I'm I, I love that about um about my body that I've been able to do that. So it's it it I'm I guess I'm more appreciative of my body as a whole mm -hmm. than than I've ever have been because it's always easy to to critique and, um, you know, nitpick every little 
thing down to the wire, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just more appreciative of my body. I still have plenty of things that I critique, but as a whole, I'm like, good job, Carly. (laughs) For real though, like I have, Michael and I are, are wanting to start to, you know, have a family soon. And I, I have so many fears or have had so many fears about that with like my past with my eating disorders. And I'm like, I've, I've talked to some moms and they say, you will never understand until you're pregnant, how amazed you will be and how much more respect you'll have at what your body can do. Yeah. And and then you'll just love your body that much more. They were like, they, they, they just always say like, don't fear it. It's going to be amazing what you will learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And it's, you know, it's hard to see certain people because once again, you go back to that social media and it likes, it looks like this mom just bounced back or this mom's got her eight pack back and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's, it's easy to get caught up in that. But yeah, I think you always got to go back and be like, you know what? Like, this is my body and it did this and I am proud. Yeah, I'm proud and badass because yeah. of it. You know, like moms are... Sorry, bad. Badass, you can say it. Badass, okay. <laughs> All women's bodies are, so no matter if you've had kids or you hadn't had kids, whatever you've been through, like, we just all got to help each other appreciate our bodies more, you know? Girl, you want to co-host with us? That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> oh, gosh. So our final question for you is if you could tell women one thing today, one little nugget of wisdom, what would that be? Oh, gosh. There are a lot of things on that, too. Um, One nugget of wisdom. You know, I think just kind of like I was talking about earlier, just make sure you have a good group of people around you, whether it be family, friends, um, because it's it's really easy to surround yourself with people that maybe aren't going to, you know, be totally honest with you or totally be there for you. Or maybe you're going to tell them your problems, but they aren't really going to care. You know, it's like there are only a certain few people that are really going to going to care and and really like speak life into you and, and be there for you truly, you know? And so, um, not only does it take a village to raise a family, but I think it just takes a village just for any person to just, you know, be in a community and and be happy and get through life. Um, because life's hard, (laughs) you know? So, um, you know, and we can't, we can't do it on our own. And, um, I think, you know, God can be that those people in your life that like help get you through it, you know, since we don't have him here on earth to help us through it. Like, it's like, those are the people he can use around you to get, get you through time, good times, bad times, you know, the celebrating of life and the painful times of life. So I think just making sure you got your community on point. Amen. girl. So true. Well, we are so grateful that you, came on and chatted with us for a whole hour. We know how much much an hour means to you. So we're thankful that you chose to spend it with us. And thank you. That was fun. That was fun. Good conversation. 
Yeah, girl. Like uh, well, whenever you want to come back, come hang out with us. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and if you and Mark need a vacation, come to the beach. We got one. I know. It looks beautiful. <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> All right, girl. We hope you have a good day. And thanks for chatting with us. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. <gasps>